Greetings, friends. This is Mike from Top 10 with Kyle and Mike. This week, as every week, one of your hosts, this week, Kyle, will be presenting a list. I don't know the list just yet. We're going to talk about the list. We're going to debate the list. And by the end of the show, we're going to come to a definitive list. So, Kyle, what's this week's topic? Okay, Mike. So, for the listeners out there, our good mutual friend Mike here has a birthday approaching. Actually, by the time that this airs, it'll be just after his birthday. So I was thinking about your birthday and seeing if we could do something a little fun for it. I was thinking about you in general. and oh, I was thinking about you in general, too. I mean, I do that all the time. But I was thinking a little bit more specifically about what kind of pod could I do as kind of an homage to Mike uh, near his birthday. And I was thinking about where you, Mike, would rank on a list of top 10 mics all time. Ooh. So that's what we're doing. We're doing top 10 mics of all time. And uh, Wow. Yeah. So this is it, so basically is Mikey Mike, he's not allowed to be on this list, no, right? No. Mikey Mike is a strong honorable mention for uh, from us. Uh he will not okay. make the list because he would be number 1. Mikey Mike, dear dear friend uh of us and the pod in general. We think. Yeah. <laughs> uh he is um a quiet man, but when he speaks you listen. He is known as uh, King in the North, yep. among other things, and he's the greatest man we know, and definitely the greatest Mike. He does yes, not make no the question. list. Okay, fair enough. Some some ground rules. Mm-hmm. I have decided to include both Mikes and Michaels. Mm, that's a great point. Because uh, I know, even though you go by Mike, I know in your soul you identify as a Michael. This is true. And I thought it appropriate to have both on here. And it's just more fun. Some things that would disqualify you from this list. If, for instance, you were called Mike for a time, but then switched your name, a la Mike Stanton to Giancarlo Stanton. Oh, interesting. So he's out. He should be out. He yeah, should be he's out. a Giancarlo. Can I, I think one of the rules has got to be if you were ever a co-host of the Mike and Mike morning show, you're <laughs> out because you're the worst. <laughs> You've done a great dishonor to the name. Well, we can talk about that in one of our later segments. Okay. One thing that would disqualify you is if you were, for example, Michaela Schifrin. Michaela is ah. obviously derivative of Michael. Decided didn't quite make the cut. Hmm. Another thing that would disqualify you from this list, if you <laughs> it's were a good thing, if you to disqualify you, yeah. Another thing, if you were, for example, Jerry Seinfeld, you would not be included because your name is not Mike at all. Those are really, these are good rules. That, those are the ground rules. After you that, actually have skipped, wait, you've skipped one ground rule. What's that? Can, can you be fictional? Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, not as many fictional mics as I thought were going to be on here, ultimately. Okay. So, those are the rules. We'll go ahead and get started. Number 10 is one of those fictional mics. Um, <laughs> number, number 10 is our dear friend, uh, from, Monsters Inc. Mike Wazowski, <laughs> or should I say Mike Wazowski? <laughs> you should say that. Mike Wazowski is like one of the only Pixar characters that has a first and last name and is referenced like exclusively by that first and last name. Mm. He's super charming. He's a, I, I think probably most people's favorite in the Sully and Mike combo. There. Yeah. He's green. He's round. He's funny. He's voiced by the very talented Billy Crystal. I think. His all-around fame gets him on the list. Because if you say Mike Wazowski, people know who you're talking about. Absolutely. 
I think it's interesting what you say about the last names. It would really change things if Woody's last name were like Smith or like if he, I don't know. It just would be odd to have a last name for most any other. Like what's Nemo's last name? No one cares. And what's, I think what's so funny about Monsters Inc. is that they've created this very functional, like professional universe that these monsters inhabit. I think that's, I think that's why it's so funny because like, they act and behave just like humans. They have first and last names. They go for all-time scare records. Yeah. And yet, he's a eyeball on t- tiny little stick legs. Like, it's, it's, it's very funny, the juxtaposition of the silliness with this, like, kind of seriousness. Exactly. See, that's what I'm... I think that's what I'm thinking about as I think about other Pixar or Disney characters and their last names. I know they would be puns. Like, right. <laughs> Marlin's name is Marlin, which is in itself a joke. So, like, you know his last name would be, like, Stripe. And he'd be like, oh, jeez. Like, that's just not good. Or they would do something weird where they'd, like, take a famous clown that you yeah. hadn't heard of. Like, it would be, like, Marlon Pagliacci. And you'd have to, like, figure that out. And it'd be really dumb. I'm really glad that it wasn't, like, Mike and then something, like, Mike Crystal. Or any other sort of Mike puns that you could think of. Shouts to Jin Yang. I'm really glad that it's Mike Wazowski. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I, even though he's at 10, I think he's a very strong, strong 10. <laughs> very much so. There are a lot of good mics. You'll see. We've got a lot to go through here. Number nine. We were just discussing this person off air. Oh, I'm, number nine. I know. I'm a little ashamed, but the fact remains that he is still the best kept secret. Yeah. We are, of course, talking about the best player in baseball. Mike Trout. If you listen to our previous pod, you know that Mike and I have a, a really s- strong love of baseball, and oftentimes we'll, I'd say very few conversations go by without us kind of talking about the latest and greatest that Mike Trout has done. That's generally kind of where we start. Like, most relationships sort of have, like, those safe little beats that they just hit, and that's one of ours. Yeah, um, he's just easy to talk about. We love him. He's really good looking, but like not in a rock star way. Yeah. It's not intrusive. He's just a good guy. It's like Jennifer Aniston good looks. Yep, exactly. But he plays on the West Coast and he plays for the Angels, who are unfortunately often in the Dodgers' shadow. And neither of us are Angels fans, but we love the game and we love Mike Trout. And in 15 years, when everyone finally, everyone finally realizes that yeah. we were watching one of the greatest ever play right in front of our very eyes. He will be much higher on this list. Yeah. And when he's realized some of that Hall of Fame greatness, some more, I think right now he'd get in the Hall of Fame. But yeah, um, right now he's just not quite at the level of greatness as some of these other mics. Uh, but, and we could talk about it because nine does seem low given what he's already accomplished. That's fair. I just for the for the fans out there, a couple of things that are, are really worth doing are just Googling Mike Trout. Uh, go to Google Images. Go to Google News. There's a lot there for you. But a couple things that are cool are there's one article. I don't remember who did it, but theoretically trying to assess his value. Um, so basically, if you're a really, really high-end player at his position, age, all that stuff, you might expect a deal in the range of like 10 years, $275 million. Is that fair, Kyle? Sounds about right. Yeah. If... You were to give a deal to Mike Trout that's anywhere near fair, you would have to pay him basically 10 years about $500 million. You would basically have to double pay him to even come close to actually paying him what he's worth. If you look at 
any of his statistical measures, Kyle and I read an article that was amazing recently. Basically, it took his worst statistical performance from each season and combined it, and he still would be an all-star level player. He is amazing. If you love good baseball, watch the clip. It is currently, what is it, April 9th. Watch a clip of the home run he hit yesterday, April 8th. It's a thing of beauty. God, he's such, ugh. He's a strong nine. He's a unicorn. He is a unicorn. And we love him. And also a great dude. And apparently one of the better things to come out of New Jersey. Yeah. (laughs) Better than Mike D, who I hope, or Mikey, whatever, the situation or something, whichever one it is. I didn't even think about him. (laughs) Um, So Mike Trout was number nine. Number eight is uh, Mr. Michael J. Fox. Nice. So Michael J. Fox, his peak in Back to the Future is a stunning peak. Because yeah. he is, like, we didn't mention him on our Likeable Characters podcast, but Marty McFly mm. is an all-time movie character. Everyone knows who Marty McFly is. Um, but outside of that character, Michael J. Fox has had, actually, a pretty lengthy career. And, and an advocate for Parkinson's, I believe. Yeah. Um, and he had, his, he had his own show a couple years ago, like the Michael J. Fox show. He's done a lot of things. Yeah. But obviously most well-known for Back to the Future. Yeah, he's incredible. I think, talk about second acts. Uh, he's had a really fascinating second act in his career. My favorite performance of the second act of Michael J. Fox's career is as the upstairs neighbor to Larry David on Curb Your Enthusiasm, in which he has several hilarious instances where he does something to piss Larry off that he then blames on his Parkinson's. And Larry doesn't believe him. So, like, he hands Larry a soda can and it sprays everywhere. And Larry thinks he shook it up on purpose. But Michael tells him, he's like, it's just the Parkinson's. And he's, like, clomping all over the floor while Larry's trying to sleep. And Larry's pissed at him and he yells at him. And he tells him he has to put boots on because he gets cramps in his feet. And it just, it's amazing. It tells you everything you need to know about Michael J. Fox. Like, he has this incredible resiliency of his spirit to have fought through a really difficult illness for such a long time and an incredible sense of humor to make fun of it. So brutally (laughs) he's great. I admittedly have not seen enough curb to have known that, but Oh, it's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. He's great. I I don't know. I just think his, his turn is in, in the back to the future movies is iconic. And yeah. And you're, you're identifying what's the more important part of his career, which is, as everybody's favorite person. Like, right. Marty McFly. Everybody loved Marty McFly. That's true. Um, That brings us to number seven. <laughs> number seven is Mike Ditka. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now I have a really important question, Kyle. Are you referring to Mike Ditka, coach of the Chicago Bears, Dub Bears, or are you referring to Mike Ditka, star of... The movie Kicking and Screaming, or are you talking about Mike Ditka character in the film Kicking and Screaming? I'm, I would say the split goes 30% Super Bowl coach Mike Ditka. Yeah. Okay. What did I just say? 30%? Yeah, that's 30%. 20% Mike Ditka 
acting and kicking and screaming, and 50% yep. Mike Ditka, the character, and kicking okay. and screaming. That's good. I'm glad that you have fairly represented America's thoughts about Mike Ditka. Nobody's smoking! <laughs> so, is, is anybody smoking, <laughs> Mr. Ditka? Come on, Bill! <laughs> <laughs> Kyle, can you tell the people this story? So we've explained mouse rat theory to the crowd. If you have, if you don't remember what it is, go back and listen to the pod. I this might be the first time, Mike. I don't know if we've explained mouse rat theory. I feel like we have, but I'll, I'll give a quick synopsis. Basically, I was wearing a mouse rat T-shirt in college, which is from the show Parks and Rec. It's the name of one of Andy's many bands. Um, and we were talking about how I was getting a lot of weird looks that day. And certainly alienating a lot of people who were looking at me and thinking, what in God's name is Mouse Rat and why is this weirdo creep wearing it? But there were like two people who saw it and were like, yeah, man, that's awesome. I love Parks and Rec. So we built this whole theory that if you really let your freak flag fly, you're going to weird out and alienate a lot of people but make a couple great friends. We call it Mouse Rat Theory. And we argue... And Kyle and I... Yes. We argue that it's... it's You would rather act a little more strangely and display some of the weirder things about you yep. and risk alienating some folks because it's worth it to find, like, cause if you find a person that like loves the mouse rat theory, you're guaranteed you're going to get along really well with that. Person. Yeah. You've got a great friend. <laughs> you've got, <And> Kyle, <laughs> yes. we're kind of like, we're exemplifying mouse rat theory a lot with this podcast. Cause there are a lot of people that are listening to this thinking like, we're not, those guys are weird, but the people that do enjoy this podcast, we are going to be friends with. That's for sure. Absolutely. And Kyle and I had a Mike Ditka-related experience <laughs> of Mouse Rat Theory that just really is stunning. We were at we were at a football game at our alma mater uh, about two years ago, and we it's really not that interesting <laughs> a story, but basically we're just in the parking lot tailgating, <laughs> and we are just standing there, and we see this dude walk by who's dressed in full Mike Ditka regalia, <laughs> and we look at each other, and as we're opening our mouths... To quote from Kicking and Screaming, we hear these two guys from across the parking lot shout, Hey, nobody's smoking! <laughs> Which is our favorite line from Kicking and Screaming. But as they're saying it, we both are staring at each other and we say, Hey, nobody's smoking! And we look across the parking lot and see these two guys and I don't know what, I don't know why we didn't become best friends with them because they're the only two other people on the planet who went to that. We locked the only uh, ones. Yeah. Yeah. We locked eyes and like our whole friendship played out in our in our in our minds eyes and we had like a long 60 year friendship and then yes. came back into reality and just kind of had a knowing nod and went back to mm-hmm. the beers we were drinking. Yeah, it was exactly like in a movie when you see a couple like it was sort of like the uh spoiler alert, a little bit yeah. like uh, La La Land. <laughs> like how these movies sort of give you like the what it would have been like thing. That was what happened to us. Slow it motion. Great. It was a glorious friendship we had. <laughs> We're all on a couch together just like laughing and kicking and screaming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I miss those guys. Yeah. So uh, Mike Ditka is great. Yeah. He also won a Super Bowl. Yeah. He's also, like, one of the most recognizable personalities in sports. Yeah, also, like, responsible for, not him personally, but the parody of him for one of the more famous Saturday Night Live skits, like, Da Bears. So, Mike Kicka from Kicking and Screaming was number six. Yes. Mm-hmm. So that brings us to our not top three. Yeah. You mentioned a good one with Mike, the situation, whatever. Yeah. I did not have him on my list. On... <laughs> On my list, I had uh, 
I actually only had two. One was Michael Myers of Halloween. Ah, uh, so yes. The, not the other Myers. Myers. No. No. No, the one that goes around and murders people in brutal fashion. Yeah. That's the one I had on here. That's a great point. I think he's not a good dude. An awesome character. Uh, yes. But I was kind of struggling to find, like, actual, like, bad mics, so I just had to pick mm-hmm. one that was a villain. Mm-hmm. And then the other one I had was Mike Tyson for horribly committing assault and yeah. chewing someone's ear off. <laughs> Jeez, yeah, there's... I didn't even know which assault you were talking about. Yeah, there's been a lot of issues there. Yeah. Though, to be fair, because we try to be fair and balanced on this pod, he has definitely paid his debt to society, and he's done a lot of good work since doing a lot of terrible things. So who Absolutely. are we to judge? Still going to be in my not top three. Yes, he still um, <laughs> he still earned his way to the not top three. Yeah. I, I, I mean, there are a lot of good mics, and I didn't want to... I don't know. These, yeah. are, these are weak not top threes. We don't want to focus on the bad, but I'm definitely throwing my Mike and Mike in the morning as the not top three. They're the worst. Yeah, Mike Golick and... What's the other guy's name? Mike Greenberg. Mike Greenberg. Mike Golick I don't want to hate because yeah. we have a bit of a connection uh, because we went to the same school as him, but yeah, no. He's they, a bit of a boob. Suck. Yeah, they're basically, they're like, they're like, just dry toast. They suck. They're just, they're so boring. Well, there's a problem with sports nowadays in that, like, everyone just wants to have the hottest take possible. Ugh, yeah. But you can be on the other end of that spectrum, and they just yeah, don't have takes. No, they have no takes, and they just do this thing where, like, they're a sitcom, like the odd couple from the 1960s, where one of them's like, hey, I'm super, like... I'm super anxious, and I've always got stuff I'm worried about. The other one's like, I'm just a fat guy doing my thing. <laughs> and it's like, doo-doo-doo, and it's, oh, it's terrible. Yeah, it's like a not funny Abbott and Costello or Laurel and yeah. Hardy type deal. Yeah, it's not good. <laughs> yeah. Okay. The only the other two ones I had on here, and the, I don't really think they qualify at all, was like just the general ambient mics from Mike and Ike's and Mike's Hard Lemonade. I don't know who those guys are. <laughs> Mike's hard It's a good pick. Although, to be fair, your love affair with Line and Google kind of puts you on hey, delicate shut up. ground with this. Hey, I know they're very different. Line and Google is beer, Mike. Yes, it's I beer. know it is. Even the Summer Shandy is half beer. So, uh-huh. shut up. It's not a Mike's hard. <laughs> All right, we're done with the not top three. Okay. Number six. The other Mike Myers. The good Mike Myers. <laughs> the good Mike Myers. Would, all right, real quick. Would Austin Powers be better if Mike Myers played fewer people? No. Okay, the answer's gotta be no, right? Like, unequivocally no. Wait, why? In what, like, uh, I guess in what scenario could you, like, argue the other case for me? I just don't understand. Well, like, I've heard a lot of people complain that Eddie Murphy shouldn't have played so many characters in The Nutty Professor. And I'm so, and I'm so against this take. Like, I'm so anti this take. I'm so pro the early 2000s, like, bad CGI throw one guy in as all the roles. That's the whole, like, no one is like, (laughs) no one cares about, like, the plot of 90%. It's just. Apparently people do, because they really complain about it. Well, they're lying, and they're stupid. The whole point of the 90%, it's just a vehicle. To get as much Eddie Murphy as yep. we can, and it's great. Right, straight and, into the vein. And Hercules, that's... Hercules, Hercules. <laughs> um, and that's the same thing with Austin. Well, not the same thing, because I actually think that as parodies, regardless of who they, who's being portrayed by Mike Myers, they're funny. Wait. 
<laughs> Can I just say, we're going to save this for another pod because I just had a pod idea. We might need to bring in an outside expert, but we- <laughs> there's a certain scene that we thought was parody in Austin Powers that turns out not to have been parody, and we will be discussing that at a later date. Yeah, stay tuned. We might have talked about this on the pod once before. I think we did talk about it, but we're going to maybe expand on this. Yeah, we should. No, he's hilarious, man. Like, I I firmly, firmly believe that Austin Powers, part of its greatness is the fact that it's so much of him. Yeah. But he's, I mean, like, one of the, one of the, maybe not Mount Rushmore, but like an all-time great on SNL. Um, yeah. And, like... I, also has a pretty, you know, strong career in voice acting. He's great at Shrek. He's really Shrek quick. is one of the Shrek is one of the top five all time animated movies. It's amazing. Yeah. No, he he's just like one of those guys. Like no matter what he does, I'm laughing. Like he's funny. Even the Love Guru? See, I I don't like that movie, but the Mike Myers parts are fantastic. Like he is funny. He's always funny. He's kinda like Yeah, he really is. He's kinda like Jim Carrey in a lot of ways, I think. Mm. I don't know. He's. I just wish we got more of him. Like, what was the last thing you saw on him? Man? I don't know. I don't know. There were rumors for a long time about another Austin Powers. I'm willing to bet. I'll stake. I'll stake my money on it. I bet we get another one. I would be stunned in this day and age of rebooting anything that anyone ever liked at any time for any duration of time. Yeah. Austin Powers was too popular and too good. In there's such a great market for it. That's happening mm-hmm. within the next five to ten, I would say. I hope. It has I to, hope. right? It has to. I, re- I would really like that. Yeah. So, anyways, that's Mike Myers. He's number six. Yep. Number five. Arguably <laughs> the greatest television character of all time. And the only reason he's not higher is because this is a stacked yeah. list and because he's fictional. He He's amazing. Michael Scott. Regional manager... Of Dunder Mifflin Scranton, host of the Dundees, yep. famous what ri- up what up Dundee, <laughs> famous portrayer of Michael Scarn, yes Michael Scarn, dwigged. <laughs> Michael Scott, as much as we hate him, he is the most iconic character of all time, maybe uh, for sure in the Office and like maybe in television history. Like he's so great and. I was talking to my, to my roommate, Patrick, about kind of the evolution of The Office and the writing styles in the later seasons. And yep. he was talking about how he had read that if you look at the line, by characters by line, Steve Carell has twice as many lines as the next closest character, probably Jim yeah. or Dwight. Yeah. The show is completely built around him. And when he's off the show, it kind of teeters around for a season and then it just it falls off because... You can't have a show like that without the gravity and, and we of, of that character. And we've talked about this before. The writing on that show is brilliant because you can't have a character as inanely ridiculous as he is unless every now and again he does something truly heartwarming and selfless or something really awesome in the workplace. Like one, about once a season he does something where he lands a big paper deal by like really appealing. The sale. Yeah. That sale he makes, that's, so that was, I think, the first one they give you is when he makes the sale to the Tim Meadows character. Yep. Shouts to the principal from Mean Girls. When he makes that sale at the Chili's, that was the first time you're like, oh, so this is why he got promoted in the first place. Yep. Or he just, when Pam, um, 
Pam has that art show, and he's. Like, I was. These are these. I, you are perfect. These are literally the two examples I was going to take. The art show is perfect. He, and he shows up, and he's the only one who comes, and he's just so genuinely excited about Pam, and he buys the painting. And even yeah. in, I'm I'm watching season nine right now, and it's still hanging up. Like, like yep. that's just like sweet. Like the sweetness of he's just the sweetest guy. Despite it's the, so innocent, he sees it. He's like, oh, you did that freehand. And she's like, yeah. And then he hugs her and, and she says, is there something in your pocket? And he says, chunky. And then she she thinks, obviously, he's talking about something else. And then he like pulls the candy bar out of his pocket. It's just so perfect. Because you need that to balance off the guy who at his improv classes always pulls out a gun. <laughs> like, or to rip, tortures poor Ken Jeong. Like, you need to balance that out. Yeah, it's a miracle. It's a miracle that we love a character that promises a class full of children that he will pay for their college tuition and then does not. And instead gives them laptop batteries, batteries because you know, he wanted to like, that's the, that is the magic trick of Steve Carell because that whole show, and it's not the writing, like the writing is really good. The writing is really good. It's part of it, but you're right. Steve Carell is a freaking magician. And I, I, I read uh, the book by uh, the Bassoon King by uh, um, Rain Wilson, and he was talking a little bit about Steve Carell and just saying that he has an ability to pull you in with his words. He said, like nobody he's ever experienced. Like there's, he's never been around an actor who could just make you laugh or cry in an instant like Steve Carell. And Michael Scott is just. He's a genius. For anyone that has not, I think it's just me now that hasn't watched the entirety of The Office. Yeah. It's really worth your time. This is one of those shows that will make you laugh until your sides hurt every now and again. Yep. And the floor of the show is so high. There's like, there's just very few duds. And yep. every, you know, it's one of the, it's like Parks and Rec, where it's one of those shows where you just grow to love all the characters and Absolutely. really feel like you get to know a community of people. We're talking, but we're talking about Mike's here, and Michael Scott is one of the best of all time. So absolutely. Wait, can I just say my last thing about him? Yeah, because you just said it there with Mike. I love one of my favorite things is when Daryl calls him Mike. Yeah, I know. Yeah, exactly. I love it. <laughs> hey, Mike. Okay, we're our top four is four consecutive Michaels. Well, Ooh, our top our top five, including Michael Scott. Okay, number four is one of it's is a bit of a legend in his field. All four of these top ones are. Uh, number four is one of our personal favorites, Mr. Michael Caine. Oh, I was really hoping Michael Caine would make an appearance. Yeah, of course he would. I know that we have a very strong affinity for Michael Caine. And so I felt like I was maybe taking a little bit of a liberty by putting him this high. But I don't really think I am. He's, I think, generally regarded as like kind of one of the, the all-time greats in his field of acting. Yeah. He's been in a hell of a lot of movies, and he's been in a lot of very popular movies very recently, especially, mm-hmm. you know, with his association with Chris Nolan, but yep. he's been around a very long time doing this whole acting thing. Have you ever seen the movie he's in with um, with Steve Martin called um, Scoundrels? No. Oh, it's a classic. Yeah, they're, they're I, I'm trying to remember, they're like, they're resort owners, or they're gamblers or something and they're just they're just scoundrels and they're <laughs> fantastic together. it's fitting that's good yeah plus he's the original uh he's the original whatever 
Charlie Croker, I don't know what the character's name was in the old one, but he plays the uh, Mark Wahlberg character in the Italian job, like the original. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you're right. That's cool. Yeah. Who's your favorite Michael Caine character? Well, you know I'm going to pick, obviously, from the Chris Nolan universe, so it, it has to be Alfred. Because you and I have discussed so many times that there are certain elements of the Batman universe that just work. They just work so well. Uh, and the Alfred as tough guy, real world, practical guy, as opposed to sort of like traditional English butler is is one of those things that works really well and is done exceptionally well in the animated series. You get a lot of background on, I think he works at the uh, SIS, right? Like he's, yep. a, he's British Special Forces. And in the movies, you just every once in a while get a little taste of that. And he's just, he's really brilliant in those movies because he really makes you believe when he says that, uh, he says, um, it matters. I give a damn because a man trusted me with the thing that was most precious to him. And he really means it. He really, he really takes on the role of, of fathering Bruce Wayne really, really seriously. But at the same time, he really he really cares about the mission of Batman. Like he believes that Batman is at some times more important than Bruce Wayne. Like he has this really interesting tension where he always seems to believe the opposite of what Bruce is believing. Like when Bruce wants to prioritize Bruce over Batman, he doesn't let him. And when he wants to prioritize Batman over Bruce, he doesn't let him. And Michael Caine, I think, is the only actor who could have done that that well. Yeah, well said. He is a fantastic Alfred. What's yours? I would I would go a different direction here. I think he is insanely funny as Nigel Powers. Oh, he's so great as Nigel. He's Powers. insanely funny. I, what does he hate? He only hates two things. Oh, that's right. He hates- <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he hates um, people who stereotype based on other people's nationalities and the damn Dutch. <laughs> <laughs> he's so great we we quote that movie a lot and i'd say most yeah. of the lines we quote are from him like that one of course i'm embarrassed of course for, like, the other one come on what's the other one so like a baby's arm holding an apple <laughs> my god he's a tripod um, but my our favorite is when he uh enters like dr evil's like throne room lair and he just <laughs> and he just tells the henchman to lay down he's like who are you look at you you're not even wearing a name tag just go ahead and put your gun down. And he In does. In a parody of James Bond, like, killing thousands of nameless, faceless henchmen. And in this, instead of, like, shooting them, he just tells them to lay down. He's great. Shat on a turtle. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Michael Caine. Yeah, Michael Caine. Yeah, so a brilliant thespian. Yeah, he goes He goes in a lot of different directions there. And then, uh, so that brings us to our top three. So I'm going to mm-hmm. rattle off. Some honorable mentions here. I've got a lot of them, so I'm just gonna yeah. I'm just gonna roll through them real quick here. Mm-hmm. One of someone who probably shouldn't actually be on the list because I think probably no one knows who he is, but we really really love Michael Chabon. Oh, ho, ho, ho. who wrote? Wow, I didn't even thought of him. Yeah, he wrote one of Mike and I's favorite books called uh, "The Amazing Adventures of Cavalier and Clay." Read it if you haven't. It's, read it. It's probably one of my top three books I've ever read. It's it's beautiful and just 
really fun read. Um, he also wrote for, for everybody else. He wrote Uptown Funk. Yes. Yeah. One of the most amazing facts about him. Yeah. It's fantastic. Uh, one of our, read the article. There's a spoken word article about the making of that song. Really read. It's great. Yeah. It's great. We love Michael Chabon. Some other actors. Uh, someone we've discussed on this pod before, Michael Fassbender. <laughs> Can we nominate Little Michael? Yes, absolutely. He's a solid honorable mention as well. Yep. Michael B. Jordan, especially after his recent turn oh, as Killmonger in Black Panther. <laughs> also as, uh, what's his name? The little kid, the cute kid from uh, The Wire. Yep. Yep, of course. And in Creed, of course. He's fantastic. Yes, of course. Yes. One of our favorites, uh, Michael Clark Duncan. <laughs> <laughs> Rest in peace, Michael Clark Duncan. We, we, we were going to mention him on this pod, but instead we hired Ving Rhames. <laughs> or that guy from The Dark Knight. <laughs> for those, Michael Clark Duncan is uh, the one black guy that they got for every role from, like, probably... 1992 to 2003. Right. So he was... Well, through Ricky Bobby, so yeah, 2006. Yeah, so he was uh, Ricky's pit crew chief in Ricky Bobby... He was weirdly kingpin in that really bad Daredevil movie. <laughs> yes, he was uh he was the gigantic dude from The Green Mile. Yep. Yeah. So he's awesome. We we love Michael Clark Duncan from the sports world. I have Mike Tirico. Great broadcaster. Oh, okay. I really yeah. like Mike Tirico. I think he does a good job. Yeah, he's a terrific broadcaster. I also think after watching him so much in the Olympics, I think he actually has a lot of similarities to Perd Happily. <laughs> I think does. I think Perd Happily was loosely based off of Mike Tirico a little bit, which makes sense because Mike Shore, who maybe should come up on this. Oh, uh, I hadn't even thought of Mike Shore. Mike Shore loves sports, so I believe that this story is the story of the Olympics, which I'm today, about to show you. Today we will be watching the sport called curling, in which the players curl a stone. Leslie, could you explain curling to me? <laughs> Love purred. Sorry, Love that's, our, that's our cheap purred. What's the word with purred imitations? <laughs> All you purreds out there. All you purred. I love the one where he's Judge Purred, and every time he bangs not the a gavel, judge. it says not a real judge. <laughs> that show's amazing. God, called, that show's amazing. That's not called the Purdpool's Court, right? Like, that's not a Yeah, it is the Purdpool's <laughs> Court, yes. <laughs> okay. Um, our other sports related Michael is Michael Bradley, longtime United States mm. soccer player and recent MLS champion for the fucking Toronto team. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of a bummer. His dad was the coach, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Bob? Bob Bradley? Bob Bradley, maybe? Yeah. Okay. So, Quinn and I always refer to him as Michael Bradley, that bald motherfucker. Mm. Uh, yeah, just, that makes sense. You just get so frustrated watching him play. Three more fictional mics that. <laughs> one is uh mikey thomas from backyard sports fame oh i do love mikey also thomas. known as nugget <laughs> yes uh mikey blumberg your favorite from recess <laughs> yep yeah i should have mentioned that mikey's also count on this list of course of course uh and someone i actually grappled with putting on the list mr mike ermintrout of breaking bad and better call saul fame oh yeah He's the best. <laughs> I don't know how to spell his name, but it's a yeah. it's I had to Google it. E H R M A N 
T R A U T, Ermintrout. Oh, I got the A U T is the part I got wrong. I remembered yeah. the H. Yeah. Okay. Oh, good for you. Yeah. Thank you. Though, and then of course I had you on here, Mikey Mike. We already talked about. Oh, thank you. So, thank you. Those are my those are my honorable mentions for Mikes and Michaels. Okay, I like those. We'll do my top three, and then we'll uh, then we'll swing through some of yours. Mm-hmm. Okay, we're getting to some legendary legendary territory here. Number three is. I think the most decorated Olympian of all time, Michael Phelps. Mm-hmm. The only taint on his legacy is that one time that he smoked a little bit of weed, which, like, makes me kind of like him a little bit more, I think. This dude is a freak of nature, and it's just cool to see. You, you hear these stories every couple years about the phenom that it's going to change the sport forever. You remember... um Freddie Adu. Freddie Adu. Or uh, for baseball fans, it was like Travis Snyder was the next big thing. Oh, yeah, he stunk. And, like, sometimes they're... But sometimes it it works out. Like, Bryce Harper was a big deal, and he's really great now. But, like... LeBron James is the the perfect example. Or, like, a counter to that is, like, Jabari Parker, who's good, but not, like... He was supposed to be, you know... Yeah, Darius Miles was supposed to be incredible. He stunk. Sebastian Telfair. Like, things happen. Yep. But it's fun to hear this, like, these legendary, like, oral tradition-esque, like, tales of Michael Phelps. He's got hands the size of dinner plates. Yeah. He's got arms longer than an orangutan. Like, he's... Yeah. His like, feet are webbed. Like, people say his feet are webbed and, like, yeah. they're double-jointed. And yeah. Stuff. Like, this guy was built to swim. He's practically a fish. Yeah. And then to see that translated into whatever it is, like, 59 gold medals, it's really cool. The fact that he like I I don't know it's, every year there's something cool in the Olympics that you can get behind and it and it, it but I don't know if we'll ever see something like like he like what he did and what what no. what year was that Beijing oh eight was yeah. the year so he came back and still won a couple in London yeah the following I think so if I'm remembering correctly he swam in Athens and you know was really good mm-hmm. Beijing was the one he won eight. Then I think in London, he didn't swim quite as many events, but won like five gold and a silver. And then the following one, which is the last one, he competed in like three events or something like that. If I yeah. remember correctly. That sounds but, about right. But the Beijing Olympics, that relay. So like, it's weird that the one to me, like the lasting memory is not of the individual competition because he was so dominant. That relay was falls into the category of what you're talking about. It was the four by four, like four hundred or whatever it was. It was like urban legend. He is swimming and he was so far behind. And you just said, Oh, this stinks. This stinks that it's gonna be the team competition that doesn't let him win. And he just kept catching up. And then like the last, the final stretch, it was like the guy in the lane next to him was zapped by some energy field and didn't quite reach out far enough. And he won. It just, it was like watching somebody doing, it was so inexplicable that that guy didn't quite reach out enough and Michael Phelps did. He's, he's just a machine. And I think you mentioned, it's funny, like his one screw up is the weed thing. I think what's been really cool about him is he's taken his responsibility in the spotlight really seriously. And in recent months, he's been talking a lot about his struggles with mental health issues, um, which is really cool because he's a guy who we all think of as made in the lab to swim. 
But he's not. He's got his flaws and his issues, and he's working on them, and he's talking about them. It's really cool. I think he's, he's in my eyes, grown a lot in the last couple of years. Oh, definitely. Yeah, he's he's really good athlete to look up to. Yeah, it's, totally. Yeah, especially for swimmers, obviously. Yeah, especially ones who like to eat as much food as he likes to eat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. So Michael Phelps was number three. Number two, maybe a little bit controversial. Okay. Number two is Michael Jackson. Yeah. Michael Jackson, we missed it a little bit due to the year that we were born. But Michael Jackson was a musical sensation unlike really probably anyone else. I mean, like, from the time he was a kid until, you know, like, yeah. like you know, Elvis Presley and, you know, like, some of these other artists were, were legends for, like, a time. But, like, I think Michael Jackson kind of transcended in a way that a lot of other musicians didn't. Yeah. And he is... Obviously, there's some some stuff with his life and death that are a little bit unsavory, and, and we don't know all the details about it, and so it casts kind of a shadow on, especially his later years. But listen to, like, any Michael Jackson song, and, like, you understand. Like, this guy was the man for a while there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for, he was he was famous for, like, 40 years. Right. And and a lot of that, most of that, was for his music. It's incredible. Like you, like you said, you listen to anybody on the radio. Listen to Bruno Mars. Like that's that's Michael Jackson's legacy. Listen to any pop song nowadays. That's Michael Jackson. Watch the dancing. That's Michael Jackson. The dancing. He, I I the, think. I mean, his legacy is the, the music, but the dancing. Like yeah. And he's MTV. Like the music video generation, the music videos only mattered because what you were going to watch was the next greatest thing from Michael Jackson. I think the whole concept. I mean, like he kind of changed the way that performances were done. Like watch it. Watch a Super Bowl show. Any kind of pop star that's doing a dance and like a spectacle like that. Like that's that's from him. A lot of it. Or you know, yeah. obviously people performed like that before him. But I don't know. He kind of. With the glove and just the, and just so many famous, famous songs. Like, what, you know, what else is there to say? Yeah, there's not a whole lot more to say. And like you said, obviously there's all the, the other stuff. But with him, we're talking not so much about him as a person. We're talking much more about him as an artist and as like a, an icon. I mean, think about We Are the World. Like he brought together all of the greatest pop artists in the world to help to, I think it was for, uh, to fight AIDS. Like he got all of the biggest pop stars in the world. Cause he was the biggest pop star. It's like LeBron when he corrals all the NBA players for something, they all listen because he is unquestionably the greatest. Like they all, just, yeah. they just, it's an understood, and, just an understanding. Like this is the leader that we have, you know? Absolutely. Like if Michael Jackson says, this is our thing and we're going to sing a song about everybody follows. Cause he was the man. Right. Yeah. So totally. Number two is Michael Jackson. And I hope I know who number one is. I would I would think that you do. This Michael is not only the most famous Michael ever, like one of the most famous humans ever. Everyone yeah, knows is. who he is. Everyone knows what he did. We're talking, of course, about Michael Jordan. Yeah. The dude is maybe like the most renowned athlete of all time. Yeah, he is. I mean, and now you you hear debate about like him and LeBron, but 
And, and you can talk about the numbers, and I think like the longer LeBron plays, the more of an argument you can have about that. But LeBron has never captured our society's universal and undivided attention like Michael Jordan did. Mm-hmm. Like he he was he was basketball yep. for how many years, you know? Yeah. He was in a movie with the Looney Tunes. Like what else do you want? Well, it's really fascinating when you look at you look at the like the history of basketball. The history of basketball, it went from like a really bruising game played primarily by white guys to a much less bruising and more finesse-based game played primarily by black guys. And there was this really interesting in-between phase in the 80s when there was a big like sort of culture war between people who were following Larry Bird and the Celtics, where it was like Larry Bird, Kevin McHale, Kevin McHale especially, who was this big bruising guy, and people who loved Magic Johnson. There's a great documentary about it. There's a book about it, about how this was like this really polarizing thing. There were like white America and black America were watching two different games. And there was like all this, this sort of, you know, squabbling over who's best. And then Michael Jordan came along and that was it. That was the end of the conversation. Nobody was like, Oh, well, you know, I back in my day or like, this is it. No, it was Michael Jordan. The guy crossed every barrier of, like, east and west, north and south. Like, the guy, think about it. He went to school in North Carolina. He played in Chicago. And people in Boston, people in Florida, people in L.A. stopped watching their teams to watch Michael Jordan. He He's just, ah, oh, he's amazing. Looney, like, freaking Looney Tunes. Yeah, no, like, he, I think that's when people have the, the LeBron-Jordan debate. Yeah. I don't think LeBron has ever, I don't think Will at this point ever, like, I mean, I already said it, but everyone in the world knew who Michael Jordan was. And yeah. I think and I think a lot of people know who LeBron James is, but not everyone in the world. If you ask my grandma who LeBron James is, I don't think she knows. Yeah. She sure as hell knows who Michael Jordan is. The people in your home rock of Malta know who Michael Jordan is. Absolutely they do. Well, th- yeah. Yeah, it, he's the best. Never forget, by the way, Michael Jordan was cut from his high school basketball team. So Yeah, I, and, and never forget, like, all that we've done. So it's funny, like, I think a really good measure that I'm sort of realizing of either some bit of pop culture that you and I like too much or something that's really important is just how it accidentally comes up in other pods. Like, Michael Jordan has already shown up several times accidentally. Like, he showed up in the facial hair discussion. Um, he showed up in this. I'm thinking about... I, there was a couple... Oh, the Air Force Ones. Like, mm-hmm. the whole Nike oh. shoe... The whole Nike shoe brand. The Jumpman. Like... Thanks for bringing that up. Exist. Thanks for Jordans. Bringing, Jordans. Thank you for Michael Jordan Steakhouse. Thank you for bringing that up because I that was one point I wanted to make an argument yeah. of his number one status. Remember the movie Like Mike? Yeah. They just first named him. They just first yeah. named Michael Jordan. Like, yep. you can't first name someone like that and know who you're talking about. Especially because his name, it's not like his name is Oprah. Like, Oprah is the only Oprah that I know of. Right. It's Michael. Michael is quite a common name. And you just say, like, Mike, and you tell me it's even sort of related to basketball. I go, oh, okay, oh, it's obviously Michael Jordan. Exactly. So, that's my list. We forgot to recap this entire time. So, yeah. Here we go. 
<laughs> number 10 was Mike Wazowski of Monsters, Inc. fame. Number 9 was Mike Trout. Number 8, Michael J. Fox. Number 7, Mike Ditka. Nobody smoking. Number 6, smoking. Mike Myers. Not the murderer, the comedian. <laughs> number 5 was Michael Scott. Number 4, Michael Caine. Number 3, Michael Phelps. Number 2, Michael Jackson. And number one. Ooh, that was pretty good. Thank you. And number one, Michael Jordan. What'd you have, Mike? Beautiful. Um, I've got a couple. Uh, you really hit a lot of them, and I, I've got a, just a few that I want to mention. Um, the biggest one that I want to make sure is out there is Michael Corleone. So Ooh. I think Michael Corleone should not just be on this list. I think he should be quite high on this list. Mm. Um, it's certainly not a unique argument. Uh, I will just note for the audience that my middle name is Anthony. Michael's name is Michael, which is my name. And his son's name is Anthony in the movie The Godfather. Dad, I know it's not a coincidence. Um, but Michael Corleone is is one of the most incredible characters of all time. And in the same way that Tony Soprano is the reason that the Walter Whites of the world and pretty much every modern TV character can exist... Michael Corleone is the reason that every modern film character and TV character by extension can exist and play brilliantly. I love Michael Corleone. So that's one that I think should definitely be on the list. Um, one just pet note that I want to make. Michael Stuhlbarg is one of my favorite actors working these days. And you don't know who he is. When he I just is said in his everything, name. though. You're damn right he is. He was in two Oscar movies this year. And he was more brilliant in one than the other. Like, he was so good in uh, Shape of Water. He plays the scientist and is terrific. But his role in Call Me By Your Name was incredible. Um, Kyle, you're shaking your head. You did end up seeing that. I know you I, were going to see it. I actually saw all of the Oscar nominees this year, which I was happy about. He, Yeah, you keep going, because he's really an overlooked part of that movie. Well, I, I remember... Um, I'm trying to remember. Uh, God, my brain is is cramping right now. But the actress who uh, I'm pretty sure it was Viola Davis did one scene in the movie Doubt and won an Oscar for it because she was so outrageously brilliant in that one scene. And Michael Stuhlbarg probably didn't deserve an Oscar because there was so much good acting this year. He had one scene in Call Me by Your Name that could have won him an Oscar. I, it it was so brilliant. There was such unbelievable pain in his voice. Near the end of the and movie? And it was Yeah. Oh, my God. And it wasn't the kind of pain that's, like, overacted and Greek tragedy-esque. It, it was... It was something to behold. Michael Stuhlbarg is a brilliant actor. He was in one of my favorite movies, and one that Kyle just saw for the first time, uh, A Serious Man. He was absolutely terrific as Arnold Rothstein in uh, Boardwalk Empire. He He's really just a he, terrific actor. He also was, I think he was in The Post, so I think he was in three Oscar He was, oh, he was in The Post. Yeah, he was a little bit more minor in The Post, but he yeah. was in The Post too. Allegis and I just watched, um, I had seen it several times before, but she saw it for the first time last night. We watched Arrival, and he's in that randomly. He just, yeah. he just shows up in all these really good movies, and... He stands out particularly in a serious man, like you said. But oh you're but you're right. Like I really liked Call Me By Your Name. Mm -hmm. But that scene in particular, it was like you had to like shut up and like really focus because like you could you could really feel that one. That was yeah, you're right. It was very surprising. I think 
I think what he does so well is he keeps you guessing because he plays serious, he plays funny, he plays scary as Arnold Rothstein equally well. He's he's really a versatile actor. I know he doesn't belong on this list, but it's just a pitch for an actor who everybody should appreciate. He's terrific. Amen. I think Michael Shabon deserves legitimate consideration for the top 10. I know that you and I are particular lovers of Michael Shabon, but... He did win a Pulitzer Prize for Cavalier and Clay. He has written several other books that have won pretty wide acclaim. The Yiddish Policeman's Union was outstanding, uh, was very well received. He wrote Uptown Funk, which is the biggest song of 2014, 15? That sounds right. It was our senior year, so it was 2014, 15. Um, he has done some writing for television and film. His book the wonder boys was made into a movie he's he's really i think a lot of people would say one of the great living writers um and he's he's just amazing he just wrote a book that came out about a year ago called moon glow um that i i know i mentioned to you it was just brilliant he does he does a really terrific job sort of reckoning with um history and reckoning with nationality and identity He, he talks a lot about like identity and in a really brilliant way. And he's just, he's an incredible writer. So I think, I think he deserves real consideration here. Those are, those are kind of the the two big ones. Michael Corleone and Michael Shabon are ones that I really want to stump for. You did a great job on this list. Um, and I think we'll talk about order a little bit. Yeah. Okay. There are a lot of mics out there. Yeah. Let's get to it. I, I feel good about our time on this one. I think we're actually going to get close to an hour, which was kind of always our goal for these podcasts. And they've slipped yeah, away that from was us like a little our, bit. The, the far end of our, like, eh, you know, if we run to an hour, it'll be okay. And then. Yeah. So let's. Well, what are you going to do? So let's try to, let's try to do it then. Yeah. I feel good about the top two. I actually think Michael Jordan and Michael Jackson, I feel pretty strongly about at the top two. Oh, I forgot to mention when you mentioned your couple Michaels, there's a great line from, uh, that song about Paris, but from Jay-Z and Kanye West, where he says, I'm about to go Michael Jackson, Jordan, Tyson, take your pick. So oh, there I mean, you go. Yeah, that's that's his top three. <laughs> so what do you think? Uh yes, I think the top two is secure. Okay. Um I think that's for sure. As I look at this list, I think that the two who are vulnerable I <laughs> it's gonna be really hurtful because they're two of our favorites, but I think they I think that as an early birthday wish, they may have snuck on this list because you know how much I like them. I think Mike Myers and Mike Ditka probably shouldn't be on this list. Uh, I I could inter- see the thing is like yeah you're probably right. I, I I think Myers probably, but Ditka is like I don't know he's one of the more known like personalities. Yeah out there and he's a super bowl winning coach and actually a, he's had a an player. interesting sort of he's had sort of an interesting arc to his career yeah because yeah he see that's the part that people forget is that he was a hall of fame tight end in his own right and one of the greatest tight ends of all time according to the people who saw him play but history hasn't been as kind to his head coaching yeah mike dick probably should still be on this list you're right i think i think the bottom of my list. We're not taking Mike Trout off. I no, he can't. Mike Wazowski's fun, but I mean, I had him at ten. So, yeah, I mean, he's a delightful little green eyeball. But when you're stacking <laughs> him up against, you know, the Michael Trouts and the Michael J. Foxes of the world, 
Yeah, I think you're right. It's probably Wazowski and Myers who should come off of this. Okay. So in your mind, so what do you so what do you think then about just because uh, I agree with you that Michael Chamon's chops are because we kind of have like the top of several different things here. Like we have the best yeah. athlete, the best musical performer, a couple yeah. of great actors. Yeah, we skipped Michael Dell, so we're skipping the business slash technology world. That's true. I think this there's room on this list for a great author. I think just because the the recognizability of Michael Chabon's name isn't quite out there, how do you feel about putting him at ten? It hurts, but that's probably fair. I would like to reiterate that Cavalier and Clay is one of my probably top three or four books I've ever read. I think you should read it. And I'm I have a really long backlog of stuff I need to read, but there will be more Chabon in my future, so... Yeah, please read it, people. It's it's really worth it. And if you want a shorter introduction to him, and you're a Sherlock Holmes fan, he wrote a really fun novella called The Final Solution, um, which kind of plays out the Sherlock Holmes playing with his bees after he's retired storyline really, really cleverly. So, please, check out Michael Chabon. Okay, so where do you want to put Corleone? I know you said you wanted him pretty high. Yeah, I think he deserves. I think he deserves some serious consideration. I work better from one back. Can we do sure. that? Yeah. All right. So let's go. So one and two, I think, are safe. Okay. We agree on that. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think that Michael Scott should move up to three. Okay. I love Michael Scott, and the just the conversation we just had about him reinvigorated my love for him. Yeah. I think he, I really think, as of right now, I would say probably people consider him, I mean, people, Archie Bunker, people would talk about as great, great TV slash sitcom characters, people would talk, just sitcoms, Archie Bunker, they would talk about George Costanza, probably Kramer, uh, Elaine, which is crazy that it's all those characters from Seinfeld, and Roseanne, maybe, yeah. Um, not, I mean, then she just rebooted. I'm just trying to think, like the the crew from Cheers, Doctor Fraser Crane, like uh, as you think about like all time sitcom characters, he's right up there, and he even ranks up there. I think with like, you know, the Tony Sopranos, the Walter Whites, the Don Drapers. Like, I think he's all time. I'm I'm with you, man. I docked him a few yeah. points for being not real, but what is real? Yeah, I don't know. He's very yeah. real to those who uh to those who remember him and love his show. So yeah, I'm yeah. I'm super comfortable putting him up there. Of course it's all in your head, Kyle. Why should that mean it isn't real? <laughs> uh all right. Uh number four. Number four. I think that number four would be a good spot for Michael Corleone. Okay. I feel that strongly about him. Yeah, I totally whiffed on this one. Oh, that's okay. It's a reasonable thing to whiff on. He's, um, I think you're right. He has a lot of influence on, on what comes later. And, like, kind of the launching pad for what became a Hall of Fame career for our dear friend Al Pacino. Yeah, this is just Which, by the way, brilliant. I don't know if you had a chance to listen to him on the Bill Simmons podcast, but really good stuff. Oh, I didn't. I read the article on the Ringer about him. Yeah, I have to I'll have to listen or uh, listen to the interview. Really good. Yeah, I'm 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 fine with that. Okay. So, okay, that means we still have to do Mike Trout, Michael J. Fox, Mike Ditka, 
Michael Phelps. Kane and Michael Phelps. I think Phelps is five. I think he's a he's a very good five. Okay. I guess I guess how do you so then the rest of the order would go Michael Kane, Mike Ditka, Michael J. Fox, Mike Trout. How do you feel about that order? Like where would you move people around in there? I think I would move Michael J. Fox up to I think I would go I think I would go Fox, Kane, Ditka Trout. You would go Fox over Kane? I think so, yeah. I think the height of his fame was was higher than the height of Michael Kane's fame. Michael Kane, it's sort of like comparing what we assume LeBron will be in a few years versus Jordan. LeBron will have put in a much longer body of work mm. with a bit more consistency, but I think that uh, Fox, like Jordan, burned a little bit brighter. Okay, sure. You're down with this? Yeah. You're not just appeasing me because it's almost my birthday. Nope. Nope. Okay. Not doing that. I think if I'm going to use that argument for Jordan, we can use it for Michael J. Fox as well. Uh, okay, so then Fox, Kane, Ditka, and yeah. Trout. What do you think about I moving think so. Mike Trout over Mike Ditka just because we can? Yeah, let's do it. It's our pod, damn it. Okay. That makes, uh, that makes a list of 10 mics, Mike. That feels like a list of 10 mics. Uh, and, of course, we shall reiterate yet again. Number one, two, three, all the way through ten is our friend, Mikey Mike. But we don't know who he is, so we can't make him the whole list. Mikey Mike, this is one of the most awful things that's ever happened. Uh, early when we were producing this podcast, oh, we really had, had, some, so had some technical issues. We recorded a full podcast with Mikey Mike of his making that was beautiful. And someday we will redo it. But that is why you have not heard from Mikey Mike yet, because my dumbass screwed up the recording. Um, so look forward to that. In yeah. the meantime, you'll have to make do with this list of mics that we put together here. Do you want to do 10 to 1? Yeah, let's hit it. All right, so number 10, Pulitzer Prize winning author Michael Shabon. Number 9, Super Bowl winning coach Mike Ditka. Number 8, should be like 7-time MLB MVP, but he's only 2-time MLB MVP Mike Trout. Number 7, Oscar winning, I think. Uh, actor Michael Caine, number six, Michael J. Fox, number five, many-time Olympic gold medalist, Michael Phelps, number four, I believe two-time Oscar-winning Al Pacino as Michael Corleone, number three, Michael Gary Scott, number two, Michael Jackson, and number one, the greatest of all my namesakes, Michael Jordan. And of course, Kato. number one in all of our hearts... My co-host, Mike, of Top 10, with Kyle and Mike. Oh, thank you, you sweet little bastard. All right, that was a good one, Mike. Thanks, Kato. I peace. Alrighty, friends, that was our Top 10 for this week, but now we'd love to hear your Top 10. So please check us out on all of our available social media outlets, traditional outlets, whatever outlets we have. Check us out on Twitter at Top10KM. That's all spelled out, Top10KM. Our email, Top10KM, spelled the same way, at gmail.com. Or our site, Top10KM.podbean.com. All forms of communication accepted, except for serial killer notes. Please don't send us any of those. If you like the pod, be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you never have to miss an episode of Top 10 ever again. If you didn't like it, please tell us why. We'll try to make the show better. Our theme music was composed by Kevin McLeod, and our artwork was created by Aaron Sant. 
you can check out her stuff at Sant Design on Instagram. Alrighty, goons. We'll see you next week.